What's up everyone? This is Mayowa, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuffs online from the scratch, solving problems and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing six-figure entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. And now, let's get the show started. On this episode of the Six-Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I've got another awesome and amazing six-figure entrepreneur who has been doing a lot of great stuff in his uh, business space and today before we just get started i will pass the mic to him he will introduce himself just tell us a little bit about himself then we get the show started hey i am so excited to be here thank you so much i am uh i am grateful for the opportunity to share some of my journey with your audience and with you and everybody else my name is vikram diol i've been an entrepreneur you know, my parents would tell you that I've been asking and talking about money since I was born. Uh, and I absolutely love entrepreneurship. I think entrepreneurship is the greatest self-development tool out there. I also believe that entrepreneurship is the greatest, um, it's the greatest challenge that most people will ever have. I always say it's not for the faint of heart, but if you decide to take on entrepreneurship, you definitely have a burning desire and passion inside of you. And that's, uh, that's very awesome, but it's definitely one of the most challenging things out there. And it's also one of the most rewarding things out there. Okay. Thank you so much. And, uh, I'm giving you a very well welcome to this episode of the six week entrepreneur podcast. I hope, and I believe that the two of us, we have fun and also our listeners, we have a lot of, uh, good stuff to take away, uh, home from this episode. So welcome again, Vic. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So uh, let's just get the show started. Can you just walk us through yes. how you become an entrepreneur? How is this journey? How does it get started for you? So for me, I've always been money-minded. As a kid, two years old, I would my dad would come home from work. He owned his own medical practice. And I would say, you know, as a kid, we would jump on his leg and he would be walking to the to the living room and we, me and my older brother would be on his leg and, you know, basically like little monkeys. And I would say, daddy, daddy, how much money did you make today? How much money did you make today? Like the first thing out of my mouth as a two, three-year-old kid, I was asking him about money. And I don't know where that came from, but that's just always been inside of me. And even as a high school kid, I was, I was selling weed in high school. I, in, in a boarding school in India where my parents sent me, I told the teachers that if they gave me good grades so I, I could sleep in class, I would help them get a green card to America. Like, I don't know how I came up with these things as a kid, right? It just was always something inside of me where I didn't believe in working for other people. And I, I probably had a lot of impact because my grandparents were farm owners. So they were entrepreneurs. My dad was a business owner. So I, I saw that growing up. That was just kind of like how it was for us in our family. And when I was in high school, I, yeah, my parents had a pizza place. My mom always had little, little businesses throughout her career as well. She had a food truck when food trucks weren't cool and she would take it to the fairgrounds. And then she had a, she had two restaurants or three restaurants growing up. And so we grew up around this entrepreneurship buzz. And when I was in high school, my parents, you know, my dad would say, Hey, I'm only going to give you $10 a week for lunch. And I said, well, dad, lunch costs $15. He said, well, you can figure out the other five. 
And I said, dad, I'm like a kid, you know, like, what am I going to do? He said, do, he thought, okay, I'll have the kids do chores around the house. I'll have, you know, I'll have them help out in my office. I'll have them help out with other things, you know, my, with my grandma. But, you know, as a kid, my parents were, did, my parents were well off. We had a housekeeper. We had a, you know, full-time person at the house helping out all the time. My mom always had people helping her with deliveries and installations. And, you know, there was a gardener, there was a pool guy. So I didn't have that opportunity to buy a lawnmower and start mowing the neighbor's lawn, right? The, the neighbor's houses were so big and the yards were so big doing the yard would take a whole week for a, a single kid at 14. But I would always do like odd ends and jobs. I would babysit the neighborhood kids. You know, my neighbors had five kids, four, four, four kids, five kids. I don't know, something, a lot, a whole bunch of kids. And I was 15 or 16 and I would babysit those kids. And I realized that you can trade time for money your whole life and you get told how much you get paid. But if you become an entrepreneur, then you get to dictate what your value is to the market. And I learned that when our, my friend and I, went to my neighbor's house and we said, Hey, you know, she had a whole bunch of trees in her front yard. We said, Hey, you know, we have the diggers, we have the shovels. Can we come and plant these trees for you on Saturday? And she says, Oh my God, absolutely. And we went and planted the trees and she gave us a hundred dollars per tree. So she gave us like $700 to go plant trees. And me and my friend split it 50, 50. And my friend, I was like hooked. I, I couldn't believe it. My aunt had a car to wash to sell. And me and my, you know, she went to the dealership. They offered her $10,000, let's say for the car. And the car was beat up. The paint looked like crap. The interior looked like crap. And I said, Hey, let me, let me spruce it up. And if you get more money for the car, just pay me, you know, hundred or 200, $300 for it, because I'm increasing the value of the car. So she took the car to another dealership and they gave her, you know, 30%, 40% more because the paint was clean. The wheels were clean. The engine bay was clean. The seats were fresh the carpets were shampooed. And she says, how, how did you think about doing that? Like it never crossed my mind to make the car look better before you take it into the dealership. I said, it's just, it's just how my brain works, right? Like, I don't know. I just thought if the car looked good going off the lot, it comes in looking good into the lot, you'll get more money. And from there, it just started out this awesome train. Uh, I sold Cutco knives as a 17 year old and again, I shouldn't have been selling knives because I couldn't sell a contract. I couldn't sign the contract legally, but you know, back in 1999, the company just let me slide in because you know they knew I was a the the son of a doctor and they wanted my my network right. And I was also really friendly and outgoing. And that that job taught me about sales. It taught me about marketing. It taught me about entrepreneurship because I was a 17 year old that now officially had my own business because I was a 1099 instead of a W two employee. And I remember working for my parents. To a lot more money, but if you guys give me 50 cents, I'll cancel that opportunity. No. And I remember he said, why don't you go get a job at the country club and go hang around rich people? And I was like, that's stupid. I'm going to still make minimum wage. Why don't I go sell knives to the rich people? people that are already your guys's friends and make a lot more money. And that's what I did. So that was like my first journey at about 17 into legal entrepreneurship, because I did sell a lot of drugs in high school. I, I sold a lot of weed in high school and me and my friends made a lot of money, had a lot of fun. I mean, we were, we were crazy wild kids and 
we realized then that I could dictate my money. So I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning. I'd get to the office at 630 because my manager said, hey, be the first one in and the last one out. And you're guaranteed success if you follow what I what I teach you. And from that summer opportunity, I was able to go out as an 18 year old and have my own very own branch office for Cutco Knives. And I had 50 people working for me by the end of that summer. And it was amazing because I love developing leaders and I love developing people. So if I can help other people, whether it's on my team or it's my clients or it's my friends, if I can help develop other people, I know that the quality of their life is going to increase tenfold or a thousandfold. And so will the ripple effect. So my, my entrepreneurship journey started at a young age because I was exposed to entrepreneurs and then I got the taste of success. And then at 18, I. I have to change my life, you know, and powerful. And I always knew that I never wanted to be the only man on a ship. I wanted to be the captain of the ship, but I also wanted to have really strong leaders all around me because captains need, you know, first mates and captains need, you know, people looking out at things and captain needs people running the engine room and captains need. To, and that's what I wanted to do. I said, I, I want to be the captain. And then as I got older, I realized, oh, wow you can actually be captains of many ships, you know, and that's where I'm at now in my life is how do I be the captain of many ships with other captains involved with partners? Because if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. Okay. That's a very, very detailed and uh, a very interesting uh, story. And I just have to sit here and just uh, soak everything you said. In. You, have a, <laughs> you have a very awesome uh, story. And uh, it's for the fact that it started from uh, when you are very, very small. It's uh, a very awesome one because for someone like me, I dabbed into entrepreneurship when I, I was quite an adult and it was not really from uh, a very tender age like yours. And uh, that's a very lovely one. Uh, so uh, from that, from that uh, time and to when are uh, you? My friends. Yes, sir? I, I, you're, you're breaking up a little bit. It sounds like you're somewhat in the, in the matrix. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it fine now? Yeah, that's much better. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Uh, so uh, from uh, that time when you are, uh, can you just tell us briefly how you got started uh, with your present business and uh, what actually led you into starting what you're doing right now? Yeah, that's a great question. I was a, <clears throat> for the last uh, about 19, or sorry, 2009, 2008, I got after the, you know, great recession, depression, I got out of one business and I got married and I moved to the Seattle Bellevue area, knowing nobody. And when I was there, I, I got into a bunch of things. I, but I eventually started to sell real estate and I started to sell a lot of real estate because I have, you know, certain principles that I, I believe in. I, there's certain things that I believe that we can do to always keep us above and beyond uh, other people. And so when I was selling real estate, I did that for about 10 years. We did hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. We were very, very lucky, very successful, very blessed. We, we worked our, you know, our faces off. And um, when I got into about 2017, 2016, 2017, I, I'd, 
I just found myself in this rut of going up and going down, going up and going down. And once I, once I met Tony Robbins at a conference, I was hooked on Tony. I was hooked on personal development, but I'd never really dove deep into it. And once I met Tony Robbins in 2017, I signed up to become a platinum partner so that I could get access to Tony and all of his events. Cause something in my stomach told me that this man's not going to be teaching on stage very much longer in the capacity that he is now. And I loved seeing the crowd. I loved seeing people cry around me and having transformations. And I looked at my life and I said, I am on a downward spiral to, to nowhere good. I, you know, had got in trouble with the law. I had a divorce, you know, and, and our, our culture being an Indian man, those are two things that, you know, parents don't love to no, no parent wants, but in our culture, that's like really taboo, especially, you know, where my parents were financially and, you know, positioned us with, with all the things that they thought would make us successful. And I was listening to Tony and I just saw the transformation and I realized that I wasn't put on this earth to have a real estate team at the time. I wasn't put on this earth to, to do any of that stuff. My purpose on the earth was to help other people with transformation, help other people make more money, help other people have a better quality of life. And I also wanted that for me and my family. So when I got into Tony's world, I shut down my real estate company at our best year ever in 2018. So 2017 was our best year. We did, you know, 50 or $60 million in transactions. I think we sold like 60 houses or something like that, that year. And I was traveling six months out of that year. And so I know how to build a seven figure business. I knew what it took to build a seven figure business. I'd built a lot of six figure businesses. This was my first seven figure business. And I said, you know what? It's not worth it. The money's not worth it. And I got into business with my dad. That was, that's a long story, but we ended up leaving. I ended up leaving that business after two years because we weren't talking. Um, every day we were getting farther and farther apart. The business was suffering because nobody was putting any effort or energy into it. And I realized that my calling was to help other people. And I remember at Tony Robbins' Date with Destiny in 2017, I wrote down on our, he, he helps us write a vision board and a, and a personal statement. And I wrote down on there that I would have a multi-million dollar coaching company, you know, within a year. I didn't realize it would take me much more time to get there, right? We're all, as entrepreneurs, we're overly optimistic about the good and we're under, uh, we under, underestimate the amount of time and energy and work that will go into creating what we want. I just knew that at some point I would be working with people on a one-on-one -on -one or a one-to-group basis. And that's what led me down the path of starting my coaching company because I, I saw the transformation that I had. I saw the transformation that other people had. And I could see the world back in 2017, 2018, because I could see it in myself. I could see a lot of people in the world screaming for help, but they don't want to ask for help because we live in a society where asking for help can you know, make you feel like you're less than, or you're weak, or, you know, you always take care of other people first, right? It's better to give than it is to receive. Well, that's a complete bull honky. Can I swear on your podcast? Yeah, sure. Sure. Free, free. Okay. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a, that's a full blown fucking bullshit answer. Like how can you give more than you receive? Because if you don't receive and you try to give, you give from an empty cup, which is the stupidest thing we could do. 
So we actually need to receive more than we give because that way we're always giving from an overflowing cup, which means we need to take care of our health and our mindset, our body, our, right, our family, our free time. And I could see what drove me to breaking in my business many times, right? When we all, I want to preface this to you guys, we all have seasons, yeah, right? Sure. So there's a winter season, there's a spring, there's a summer, there's a fall. And so if you don't take time for your seasons, right? And you know your business better than I do. So take appropriate time for your season. But if you don't take time for your season, then things don't work the way they should. And what I saw was people were screaming for help and I was screaming for help and I didn't know where to turn. I had business coaches, but they weren't, they didn't help me with my spiritual game. I had business coaches and they didn't help me with my physical game. I had business coaches and they would say, Hey, what are your numbers? What are your numbers? But they didn't actually help me with my financial game. So they weren't able to help me manifest more money. They just said, Hey, how, what's your numbers like? Okay. How many calls did you make? How many dials did you make? How many appointments did you book? How did your team do? How did this do? And it was really superficial. It was a lot of accountability, which is great, but it was really superficial and it felt cold and it felt lonely. And I said, I don't want to be a one dimension person. I want to be a multi-dimension person because everybody in this world is multi-dimension. I don't want to be somebody who people only come to for business. I want somebody who they can come and talk to about, Hey, my husband did this, or my wife did this, or, you know, these people aren't supporting me or that people. So that's how it led me into coaching. And then obviously being that I was the most successful in building a real estate company, my mentors and I talked about it multiple times and it took me a long time to kill my ego. And it was, you need to work with realtors because real estate's a very difficult profession and it's very underestimated on how difficult it is, right? I think when people open up a gym or they open up a bar or a restaurant, they understand that they're going to need cash flow. They're going to need savings. They're going to need an operating budget. They're going to need a marketing budget. They're going to need an employee budget, right? They're going to need a point of sale. They're going to need a, right? A lot of different pieces go into a business about how to set up a restaurant that people think about. But when people set up a, a real estate business, it's just like, Hey, you're friendly. You're nice. You should go sell real estate, which is freaking ludicrous because real estate's most people's largest investment or purchase. So you really want to be financially educated and savvy. You want to be emotionally educated and savvy because real estate's very emotional. And so I just took the years of experience that I had and I jumped into uh, coaching about a year ago and knock on wood through the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations of running and operating a business you, you end up actually becoming your own coach first, and then you can become a coach to others. Yeah, I think you are quite a very lovely storyteller. Like, <laughs> I just have to, <laughs> I, you've, you've told us a, uh, a lot of stories that even answered some questions I would have loved to ask you, like uh, the lessons you have learned along the line and all the other questions like that. So uh, I think you should, you, you have a very lovely career in storytelling, uh, I must say. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I love selling. I, I love talking and telling stories. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. So uh, right now we just transition into my favorite part of the podcast, where I have to yes. ask my guests a lot of uh, thought-provoking questions, and you get back to us with answers. So Vic, yes. are you ready? Yes, let's do it. This is what I love. Okay, awesome. So if and and, and I want to I want to let everybody know that this is completely raw and unscripted. Yeah, because, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> 
It, yeah. that's that's the best is the the answers that come to you when yes, you're not yes, prepared yes. for them when, when you just flow out from yourself yes. like you are just 100 you and uh, without any script i think uh, that's that's the idea behind this podcast anyway so uh first question uh vic what is one book you have read that transformed your life or changed something in your life that you like to recommend to our listeners i think and grow rich absolutely Think, think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. It's probably the greatest book out there for business and mindset, or for business and mindset. And then Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning. Okay. If you read those two books, it's like, those are game changers. Okay, thanks for that recommendation. Uh, one, one of, in one of my interviews with uh, a past guest on this show, I actually, uh, he, he actually mentioned our uh, uh, take and grow rich and I told the story of how I read that book twice and on my third time of reading the book I actually got uh, a chapter there where uh, one woman uh, got a job for her daughter like uh, the exact job uh, they created a job for uh, her daughter I'm sorry her son and uh, you know I read that part and I don't know how I escaped how that part escaped my mind or escaped my attention. And that was the exact step I took to get my only full-time pay job. Uh, and uh, it was a very awesome experience. I just sat down and I, I got the, my dream job without actually uh, doing any uh, all sort of things that job seekers always do then. So it's a very awesome book. And listeners out there, they link to the book uh, that Vic just mentioned, you can just head straight to www.sixfigureentrepreneur.com and just search for Vikram uh, in the search box and the show note for this episode will pop up and you can find a link to uh, that, uh, all the two books that Vic mentioned on this uh, episode. So still talking about book, Vic, if you are to write a book now, what would that book be about? Oh boy, <laughs> it would be about resilience. It's if you want to be successful in any, anything in this world, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you have to be resilient. I always say God is a funny person or God is a funny energy because as beautiful as everything is, there's so much humor in everything as well. And you can just sit back and appreciate and admire. And it's, you know, I was talking to my friend yesterday and she and I were talking about just like the craziness of the world is that if you ask people what they like to do, people say, Oh, I love to be outside. I love to be outside. And as humanity, we have done everything to build us to live in a concrete, concrete jungle in many cities like New York, Miami, where I live, you know, these are big concrete jungles and we do everything to build these concrete jungles. And now everybody only just wants to go outside and sit in nature on the beach. And so it's so funny how disconnected we are with the world. And I would love to talk about resilience. I'd love to talk about getting back up on your feet. Never, you know, you never fail until you quit. And just because you leave a business, right? I've had seven or eight businesses now. I've, I've had a marriage. I've had, you know, challenging businesses, um, relationships, a lot of different ups and downs. And being resilient is the only way that you win, right? No matter what you do. And I think people don't understand. I don't think people realize the importance of resilience. I don't think people understand the importance of mindset. 
I think when people hear these words or they, they've become buzzwords like, oh, you need to be resilient. You need to have a great mindset. What the frick does that mean? You know? And I think people don't understand what winning and losing looks like. I think people think that if their business loses money, they failed, or if they have a bad quarter, they failed because the stock market, that's how they ver that's how they judge success. Did you have a good quarter or not? But how in the world can we have four quarters that are always going up consistently for years and years and years and years? It's literally impossible. And so for me, it's, it's about being a resilient human being, being somebody who is always sharing their vulnerable side, right? I, I believe that that's where business and spirituality come together is when you share your vulnerability. So I would talk about just the life experiences, you know, the, the different businesses, how I, you know, at one business, I slept in the back of my cell phone store on an air mattress because I wanted to save money to buy my ex-wife a ring. Um, during the divorce, I slept in a client's house that I was doing a sale on. He had moved out and it was fully furnished. So I slept there for, you know, 60 days. And then I moved to another person's uh, spare bedroom, just some random person I met at a bar one night uh, that I you know, he seemed cool. And I was like, Hey, can I stay with you for like a month? And that's how I got back on my feet after our divorce. And okay. so, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just like I, I said the other time, you are a very good storytelling and I, I believe, and I wish we have a lot of time on this episode. <laughs> I would have loved to hear all your awesome story because most of the question I will have asked you, you have already uh, answered them, uh, with what you have already said. So uh, I just wanted uh, briefly, you, you've talked about a lovely book that you like to write about resilience. So can I just ask out of curiosity, what has been stopping you or what has stopped you from writing that beautiful book you just mentioned? You know, I, I, just, I haven't felt called to it yet, to be honest with you. I, it's not something that I am, I just haven't felt the calling for it at the moment. I, I was going through a lot of, personal things the last few years with family and different businesses moving, you know, went into some serious debt with the last business. Um, and so it just wasn't something that I felt was, you know, it's just not, not something that I feel is calling my name uh, at the moment. But the fact that we're on this podcast together makes me, you know, think about, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's, maybe in the next 12 months. Um, you know, I don't say I want to write a book because if I want to do it, it's different than willing. Like, so unless I'm ready to commit to it, I don't yes, say yeah, I'm going to do I, things. I, I, go, I, I got that. Like when you are not ready, you are just not ready. And uh, I think yeah. the word has it a way of making you understand that uh, it is the right time for you to do anything that you want to do. And, uh, but uh, I must say you have a lovely book idea over there and uh, um, Whenever it's time to write that book, uh, yeah, maybe we can uh, be a verb and just uh, jump on a call and talk about how to get that your book outside of you. And that would be a very awesome idea. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely interested. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, before we say goodbye, can you just tell us how we can connect with you online and where we can find you online and assess all the good stuff that you have been creating out into the world? Yeah, I, you can find me on Instagram. Coach Vikram Diol, Coach V I K R A M D E O L. That's 
that's where I probably spend the most time. Uh, if you want to find me on Facebook, it's my name. TikTok, it's Coach Vikram Diol as well. Those, those are the places where you can find me the most easily. That's where I spend a lot more time. I'm actually personally in my inboxes and DMs. So if you send a message, it, it might take me a little bit of time to get to you, but I, I'm the one who responds um, to personal messages typically in my DMs, not my team. Uh, so if you want to get a hold of me, that's, that's where to go. If you send me an email, it might take me about a decade to get back to you. Okay. All right. Uh, the links to, uh, all uh, the books that Vic mentioned and how to get in touch with him, you can get it by heading straight to www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com and just type Vikram on the search bar on that page and the show notes for this episode will pop up where you can find all the links uh, where you can connect with him over there. So listeners out there have been hanging out with Vikram uh, for the past few minutes and it's been a very lovely storytelling moment and I must commend you for what you have been doing uh, for keeping them for fire burning. I celebrate you, I salute you for all the awesome things that you are creating out within the world. So and I believe next time uh, we call you on this show i, I believe uh, it will be a yes for you to talk to us more about what you have been up to and your entrepreneurial journey yeah i would love to be back and you know what i'm going to do for your for you and your listeners if you guys want it um, i can leave you with a uh, 11 strategies that i've used over the years in the different businesses to help me survive in any kind of market. I've been in great markets. I've been in down markets. I've been in recessions. I've been in whatever the 2008 depression. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've only worked for companies for about six months of my life. So if you're, if you'd like a, a freebie, I will send you a, um, a link to a PDF that I created for my personal clients on how to survive in any market and thrive. And these tips can be literally used for 95% of businesses out there, maybe even 99%. So um, I would love to give you guys a gift for allowing me to share with you um, about myself. Yeah, sure. Like we'll welcome that and uh, a link to uh, that freebie will be uh, included in the show note for this episode at www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. So thank you so much, Vikram, and we hope to catch you next time. I appreciate it. Have a blessed day, everybody. And thank you very much. All right, you too. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning.